Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Seeking truth and justice in a battleground of deception and corruption. This is The Richard Serrett Show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell! Why Paul Stanley Schmidt was savagely murdered outside of a Starbucks in downtown Vancouver yesterday. Schmidt was stabbed in broad daylight in front of his fiance and his three-year-old daughter and uh, many onlookers. Schmidt died because he asked his killer to stop vaping marijuana so close to his young daughter. That's it. For that, he paid with his life. Schmidt was uh, allegedly stabbed by Inderdeep Singh Gosal, who was later charged with second-degree murder. And Schmidt's mother, Kathy, now speaking out, said her son's fiance Ashley Umali, told her she was inside getting drinks while Paul and daughter Erica, in a stroller, waited outside the cafe at uh, Granville and West Pender Streets. He was just trying to protect his daughter, she said. I'm angry and I'm sad. It all started because he was vaping beside the baby. Ashley's in shock. She watched the whole thing. She's so devastated. Paul was a great guy and a hard worker, said Sean Collins. Collings, Sean Collings, operations manager at Jiffy Move. This is a moving company in Burnaby where Schmidt had worked for the last five years. He was a devoted husband and father, said Collings. Collings said uh, the death has hit the 200 to 300 people who work for moving companies in Metro, uh, Metro because they all know one another. 
movers were discussing Schmidt, who was 37, on a social media platform they belonged to. He said Schmidt worked five days a week at the physically demanding job, and he uh, and his was the only income supporting his family. Paul's uh, website includes many photos of his young family and his intro to the page. He had written, I love Ashley and Erica Schmidt. So let's hope at the very, very least, the Crown uh, will up the charge to a first degree murder so that Schmidt's killer will serve a longer prison sentence. And I said this yesterday and I'll say it again today. And I'm going to be repeating this a lot. It's time to slam the brakes and abruptly reverse course on this failed experiment of deinstitutionalizing the mentally ill. I don't know if uh, Inderdeep Singh Gossel suffers from mental illness. The fact that he would stab someone for asking him to stop vaping close to his daughter is a strong clue. He's not all there. Uh, no matter. We know that one of the likely contributing factors to the rise in violent crime in large centers like Vancouver and Toronto is mental illness. We have people wandering around the streets who are a threat to themselves and to others. They're ticking time bombs. And we need to put these people in institutions. We need to be we need to be compassionate. And these people need to be given the help they, they, they deserve. But first, we need to protect people from them. And we need to start building more prisons and putting violent offenders away for a very long time. Also, we need to re-stigmatize drug and alcohol abuse. We need to shame people for drug and alcohol abuse. If drug and alcohol abusers are committing crimes, they get jail and mandatory drug and alcohol treatment. Now, I'm quite sure many of these violent offenders are coming from broken homes. I mean, this is the honest conversation that needs to happen, but nobody wants to acknowledge it. Fatherless homes. Fatherless homes. A huge issue. And until the sociologists and the so-called experts are willing to accept the mountains and mountains of data on the societal problems caused in large measure by fatherless homes, we will never begin, never, will never begin to address crime. Crime is not caused by poverty. Crime causes poverty. And fatherless homes put children at a much, much greater risk for alcohol and drug abuse. High school dropout rates for fatherless children are far, far greater. Teenage pregnancy for fatherless children, far, uh, uh, for fa- yeah, fatherless children, far, far greater. Lower economic standing. I mean, I could go on. The list of societal ills stemming from fatherless homes and broken homes is enormous. And we know this. But nobody is willing to acknowledge it because we're supposed to pretend all families are equal and having two parents in a stable home is white supremacy or colonialization or some ridiculous thing. But fixing families is going to take a very, very long time. 
because we have to change the culture. And right now we're heading in the exact opposite direction. So while we're waiting for people in charge to finally get a clue and start addressing these deep societal problems. And incidentally, when the sociologists and the psychiatrists and the so-called community leaders start calling for more money for programs, more money for housing, more money for this, more money for that, that tells you they don't get it. More money for everything, but more they don't want more money for police. Homelessness is an industry. So the people in the homeless industry are not interested in actually solving homelessness because their livelihoods depend on the problem existing. Instead, let's focus on fatherlessness. Not more programs for this and that and the other thing. But until we can fix fatherlessness, and that's going to take decades and decades, we need more prisons. More institutions for the mentally ill. And yes, I'm all for more money for mental illness. More money for um, uh, health care, mental health care. More money for drug and alcohol treatment. Absolutely. And we would have more money to build more prisons and more institutions for the mentally ill and more money for drug and alcohol treatment and more money for mental health if it weren't for the fact that we're spending $50 billion a year in interest payments on the federal debt every year. Think about that. $50 billion a year into the pockets of the bond traders on Bay Street instead of building hospitals, mental health, drug and alcohol treatment. And the government should be gearing all of their policies and all of their tax policies towards supporting the traditional nuclear family, because that is the best social program anyone needs. Namely, a mother, a father, and a stable home. Now, uh, before I tell you what's coming up on today's show, I want to share some more good news on a a very important front, namely the ongoing madness of child-affirming care, so-called which is the mutilation of young men and women and even teenage boys and girls, chemical castration, double mastectomies, dangerous puberty blockers, cross hormones, and the like. More and more places around the world are banning this madness. Tony Kinnett, uh, writing for The Daily Signal, that's in the U.S., Tony writes, hundreds of thousands of Americans have been outraged at shocking videos and other images of permanently scarred children who have undergone transgender treatments, quote unquote, as as adults encouraged those children to abandon all reason in the pursuit of affirmation. In response, here's the good news. 40 state legislatures, 40 out of 50, have passed or introduced legislation to restrict the practice of transgender child abuse. The American Civil Liberties Union has attempted to rally national support against these bills as an attack against all LGBTQ plus individuals. But the bills have gained incredible traction at the uh, gruesome nature of the as the gruesome nature of the procedures has been exposed to the public. The truth is breaking through. Millions of people are waking up and more and more jurisdictions around the world are putting an end to child mutilation and this criminality. All right. Coming up, last order of business hour two, this week in rock history with Jeremiah Tittle. 
co-host of the 500 podcast. It's a brand new regular segment. I love it. Very excited about it. Hope you'll enjoy it as well. Uh, the Honorable Max Bernier, Mad Max from the People's Party. He'll be here and we'll get his uh, response to the reckless, horrible 2023 budget tabled by the uh, federal liberals yesterday. Peter LaBarbera from WND will also be here an hour two uh, with more on how the trans movement is turning increasingly violent. Tony Heller from RealClimateScience.com pushes back against the cult of climate change this hour. But first... Harrison Faulkner from True North is here to explain how conservative MP Leslin Lewis owned the Liberal Party in the House of Commons yesterday. The Richard Sarah Show off and running for Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. Back to nonverba. We're back as the Richard Sarah Show continues on News Talk Saga 960 AM. Well, the uh, the fine people of Pickering Uxbridge may have elected uh, the single most dimmest MP in the House of Commons. Listen to uh, Jen McDonald thinking she's uh, she's performed a gotcha moment on Leslin Lewis. Mr. Speaker, thank you for the opportunity to ask this honorable member a question. I'm just curious if she thinks there should be consequences or uh or retromand for members of this house who meet with known Nazis who spread uh, misinformation, disinformation, glorify the Holocaust, who speak against uh, uh, anti-Muslim rhetoric. Uh, I'm just curious if she's talking about online hate and privacy of Canadians and regulation. Does she condemn her actions by meeting with a known Nazi uh, in this country who spout anti-Muslim rhetoric? Uh, The Honourable Member for Haldeman Norfolk. From the top. The Prime Minister has put on blackface so many times. He has degraded black people. He literally put a banana in his pants. And you have the audacity, you have the audacity to stand and look at me as a black woman and ask about my meeting with another member of the European Parliament. That is within my job description. I do not have to, I do not have to approve of everything that another member believes in in order to have the decency to have meetings with with other individuals. Your prime minister, this prime minister, denigrated black men by putting a banana in his pants. Shame on every member over there that does not chastise them. If this were any other country, he would not be leading and he would not have the moral authority to lead. He would not have that moral authority. There you go. Well, what turned into a supposed gotcha turned into a complete own by a conservative MP Leslin Lewis here with more. Harrison Faulkner is the host of Ratioed and co-host of the of uh, Fake News Friday at uh, True North, also a journalist and producer for True North based in Toronto. Harrison, welcome back. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, pretty good, Richard. What a, what a response from Leslin Lewis there. I mean, it, I think it goes to show people that the support she gained from that response is really a, is really a message that conservatives should just stop taking such ridiculous allegations, ridiculous accusations in the House of Commons. And I mean, what a response. So refreshing to listen to. Yeah. uh, Let me just turn my attention for a moment to uh, uh, Jen O'Connell. What what did she did she win her seat in a raffle? I mean, how 
<laughs> trying to understand how the people of uh, Pickering and Uxbridge could elect someone who is so incredibly dim. Right. I mean, she uh, she 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 even tried to use words that aren't actual words and uh, mispronounce words. It's a it's pretty embarrassing. But actually, Jennifer O'Connell, she's had a few moments like this, a few recent gaffes uh, just displaying I think an incredible lack of, uh, of of depth and knowledge for the job she holds. It really is. It really is astonishing that they even allow her to speak in the House of Commons. Yeah. And also, uh, I guess she's protected by parliamentary privilege, but um, obviously, you know, some pretty um, well, she's defaming. Um, Christine Anderson, there's absolutely no evidence. I mean, quite the contrary. Not only is she not an anti or not, not only is she not denying the uh, Holocaust, she is she has uh, uh, talked to Holocaust deniers or sorry, Holocaust uh, survivors rather. um, And and and, um, you know, retweeted their tweets and and about how these Holocaust survivors are concerned about, you know, the loss of liberty and and our our uh, the slippery slope into to uh, tyranny and so forth. Anyway, I don't want to belabor the point too much. I think we should be focusing on on Leslie Lewis's response. Uh, what, what kind of support uh, are you seeing? Uh, let's say on social media, is she getting? Well, it's astonishing. Um, this clip is going basically around the world. Christine Anderson herself picked it up and made a joke about the fact that you know the liberals in this country are still upset about her visit to this country. And I think, of course, Canadians are looking at this and saying that is how you stand up to these sorts of accusations, these allegations made against you. Not 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 the way that Pierre Polyev responded, Richard, if you remember when Polyev was asked by the liberal legacy media to respond to uh, the outrage, the fake outrage that journalists had when Leslie Lewis and a couple of other conservative MPs met with Christine Anderson. Leslie Lewis, by the way, is quite right to point out that it is in her job description to do that. Polyev responded by saying that Christine Anderson's views are vile and racist, basically echoing the exact line that Jennifer O'Connell said in the House of Commons yesterday. What, what astonishes me is that a lot of that A lot of that passionate conservative base on Twitter, again, it's not necessarily the conservative base, but it is the conservatives on Twitter. They were just elated to see Leslie Lewis respond the way she did to those accusations. I think it is a it is a it is a clear sign that there is simply no need to cede any ground to the liberals who themselves have displayed who have displayed themselves to the country as morally bankrupt to stand behind a prime minister, as as Leslie Lewis points out, that has done blackface more times than he can remember for them to then accuse Leslie Lewis of I'm not even sure what they were accusing Leslie Lewis of Richard somehow sharing these views uh, of Christine Anderson, which are not even her own views by meeting with her. It's very strange. But to answer your question, clearly based off the social reaction, Canadians are just uh, very impressed with Leslie Lewis's response to these allegations, something that I think the conservative leader should take on board and recognize. I, I agree. I, uh, Leslie Lewis, her star within the party continues to rise. She's run twice for the leadership. And I think she is perhaps the, the future leader and perhaps the future prime minister one day down the road. Not too long, I hope. Uh, Harrison, hold on. I want to, um, when you come back, I want to talk about something else I, uh, you, you tweeted recently, and this has to do with, 
uh, Toronto. Apparently, they're looking at uh, following the uh, the failed model of Vancouver and other large centers, which is basically uh, decriminalizing drugs for uh, personal use. We see how that's going in Vancouver, uh, and things look like they're just about to get worse here in Toronto. Harrison Faulkner, host of Ratioed, co-host of Fake News Friday at True North, TNC.News. Please support independent media tnc.news back with more of our conversation right after these let's get back at it on new stock saga 960 a.m it's the richard sarah show all right just before i get back to my conversation with harrison faulkner from true north uh, coming up next segment opening up the phone lines at 289-275-9600 289-275-9600 more prisons institutionalized the mentally ill on the streets that are proving to be, in many cases, a threat to themselves and to other people. Time to restigmatize and shame drug and alcohol abuse. Those are my immediate fixes for the uh, the violent crime wave that's hitting our major urban centers in Canada. All right, Harrison Faulkner, host of Ratioed, co-host of Fake News Friday at True North TNC News. And um, on your uh, Twitter feed, um, uh, Harrison, you're um, reposting. This is a uh, um, a notice from Toronto Public Health called Toronto's Model of Decriminalizing Drugs for Personal Use. What's this all about? So basically, Richard, what this is, is a more radical and further effort to decriminalize drugs than what we've seen in British Columbia. So we know that recently there was and there was a lot of outrage about this that that british columbia was granted a federal exemption for the decriminalization of these hard drugs fentanyl crack meth all of the things that we know are really i think leading to a lot of the problems you see in our big cities are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for african americans do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and overpolicing President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Attention car shoppers, right now at South Carolina Federal Credit Union, you can get a new or used auto loan and pay nothing until 2024. And no payments for 90 days means nothing out of pocket going into the new year. Plus, we have flexible rates and terms, so you can make the best financial choice for you. Learn more at scfederal.org slash autoloans. That's scfederal.org slash autoloans. Certain restrictions apply. Existing South Carolina Federal Credit loans are excluded. Possession of these drugs up to two and a half grams was going to be decriminalized. And there were a lot of people that looked at that and said, wow, that's insane. Last week, and this has gone completely under the radar, I should add. Last week, Toronto Public Health submitted 
a, a proposal to the federal government to seek an even further decriminalization effort just for Toronto. And let me briefly explain this to you and to your listeners. In, if, this were to, if this were to be granted by the federal government, under this exemption given to Toronto, there would be no limit of any possession of hard drugs of any any actual controlled substance in the Controlled Substances Act. So it's further than the British Columbia exemption. There's no limit to possession. There's no drugs that are off limits, essentially. And the worst part about all of this, Richard, is that the city of Toronto is seeking decriminalization for every single person in Toronto, including children, including youth. So it's just simply incredible. This is being led by Eileen Davila, the chief of Toronto Public Health. And I'm astonished that this is getting so little attention. I stumbled upon this today. And luckily, it looks like on Twitter, people are starting to take notice, but truly incredible. Right. And this um, this letter, I guess, from Toronto Public Health is addressed to uh, Carolyn Bennett, who is the uh, liberal um, liberal minister of health and addictions, yep. associate minister of health, uh, I guess, since 2021 anyway. Um, let me just read here what it says. Uh, As we continue to work with you on alternatives to criminalizing the possession of drugs for personal use in the city of Toronto, we appreciate and acknowledge the steps you've taken with partners in British Columbia to reduce harms associated with drug possession charges under the Controlled Drugs and Substance Act. While this work involves a significant change to the status quo, we are confident that the right model of decriminalizing the possession of drugs for personal use will lead to a safer environment for everyone for safer environment for everyone (laughs) uh i don't know am i on candid camera here harrison i guess that's a an older reference but i i don't understand the the reasoning here we just saw a uh a, a man murdered in front of a starbucks because he asked someone who was Vaping marijuana, and I know marijuana has already been decriminalized, but asking someone to stop vaping marijuana in front of his child, he was murdered for that. How is this making anything safe for anyone? Well, I mean, if that was in Vancouver and we've seen what it looks like in Vancouver. So if Vancouver is bad, this is even worse. This is taking this is taking the Vancouver model and somewhere along the along the thought process at the geniuses over at Toronto Public Health, they said, well, actually, you know, Vancouver, it's it's not safe enough. So we need to we, we need to make it even worse. We need to allow for not only we need, we need to allow for anyone to hold as much drugs as they want. And we need to allow children, even youth to carry drugs. And the it, it, it really is shocking here. I mean, in British Columbia, the decriminalization is capped off at two and a half grams under this. If this were to go through, the reality is a child could walk around young and Dundas holding deadly amounts of fentanyl. And if the police don't believe that there is intent to traffic or sell those drugs, which let's be honest, they're pretty kneecapped already. They probably won't stop that child. They probably won't stop that person. The cops can't do anything about it. Um, it, it, is, it is an astonishing course of action that the city plans to go down. And with the mayoral election right around the corner, if this is not if this is not being questioned on every single mayoral candidate, if, if, if they are not being asked to clearly state where they stand on this, I think that does that does the public a huge misservice, a disservice. It's 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 shocking, Richard, that this is where we're at right now. It's like they're deliberately creating chaos. 
Harrison, how do we watch uh, Ratioed and Fake News Friday? You can watch Ratioed on True North, on the True North YouTube channel, on the True North Rumble, and on our Facebook every Thursday and Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Fake News Friday, like it says in the name, is every Friday also on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, and all your social medias. And you can find all the rest of our work at tnc.news. Harrison, great work as always. Thank you so much. Thank you. Harrison Faulkner, one of the rising stars in independent media. All right, let's open up the lines. 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. Your questions, your comments, your um, response to what's happening on the streets of Vancouver, Toronto, on the TTC, the bloody, murderous mayhem that is gripping our cities. Back with more of the Richard Serrett Show right after these. You're listening to The Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga, 960 AM. 289-275-9600, That's the uh, number to get on board, join the conversation. Coming up next segment, Tony Heller, founder of RealClimateScience.com, will be here as we push back against the cult of climate change. Uh, Max Bernier, the Honorable Max Bernier, coming up in the second hour, as well as a brand new segment. Well, we uh, we debuted this segment last week, this week in rock history. And um, we'll uh, we'll be talking about Led Zeppelin. On this week in uh, rock history, way back in 1975, Led Zeppelin had six albums on the uh, Billboard top album chart, six including physical graffiti, which was uh, number one. And uh, Jeremiah Tittle is uh, joining us. He's co-host of The 500. It's a, um, it's a terrific podcast uh, featuring interviews with musicians, actors, comedians, as they count down Rolling Stone Magazine's greatest 500 albums of all time. All right, 289-275-9600. I, I don't, people are not in a chatty mood, I guess, today. So... Um, that's all right. I've got stuff to talk about. So I was talking about the uh, so-called child affirming care, which is child mutilation. I just want to, uh, and more and more people waking up to this. I mentioned earlier, 40 states now. It's growing like every week, more states introducing legislation to ban this practice. And um, when you, when I say child mutilation, let me just tell you, let me, uh, this is a little bit graphic. So um, you might want to usher the children out of the room. They probably shouldn't be listening to the show anyway. They should be, uh, well, they're, they're home from school, but hopefully with their noses buried in their books and not social media. Let me just um, highlight some of these horrendous treatments. And you'll understand why I call it child mutilation. Phalloplasty. Phalloplasty in which girls' forearms are stripped of muscle and skin to create a fake penis that, of course, does not function. And the videos of this procedure being used on minors played a major role in Tennessee outlawing the practice. Phalloplasty. Then, of course, we have castration and penile inversion vaginoplasty in which boys' penises are cut off 
and a wound is created to simulate a vagina. And these wounds must be kept forcibly open as the body attempts to close the hole, which uh, causes a serious, serious risk of infection and cancer. Mastectomy and top surgery. How's that for a euphemism? Top surgery, in which incisions are made below the breasts and muscle, fat, and glands are removed. Uh, Before Florida banned the practice on minors, one surgeon, Dr. Sadib Gallagher, provided top surgeries to multiple children around age 15 every month, claiming to have operated on about 40 children a month. Feminizing, masculinizing hormone therapies. Teenagers are given heavy doses of estrogen and testosterone, as well as experimental doses of other hormones to simulate levels of reproductive and stabilization hormones normally present in the opposite sex. Hormonal treatments pose a serious threat to several glands in the endocrine system, which can result in permanent sterilization, cancer, and gland failure in adults. No long-term studies have been done yet to show the impact of this treatment on minors with developing glands. All right. When we come back, Tony Heller, the founder of RealClimateScience.com, as we push back against the death cult of climate change right here on The Richard Serrett Show. Back to the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. The Cult of Climate Change on The Richard Serrett Show. Welcome back. This is being uh, hailed as a win of epic proportions for the uh, global warming bedwetters. The world's highest court can set out countries' climate obligations after the tiny Pacific island of Vanuatu secured an historic UN vote. Pacific island nation of Vanuatu on Wednesday won an historic vote at the United Nations that calls on the world's highest court to establish for the first time the obligations countries have to address the climate crisis and the consequences if they don't. Tony Heller is the founder of RealClimateScience.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Tony Climate. Hey, Tony, welcome back. How are you? Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. I'm good, Richard. How about you? 
Very well. Uh, so uh, this, I mean, on the surface, it seems rather worrying. Here we have another international organization, the UN's World Court, um, basically ruling that they, you know, they can dictate to governments uh, how to respond to climate change and so forth. Uh, just kind of walk me through this. Are you, I mean, I mean, are you concerned by this ruling? Well, I mean, it's just part of the same ongoing shakedown that's been going on for decades. You know, they they, they created this whole um, they've conditioned people to associate bad weather with the the use of fossil fuels, um, and they've been creating this this the superstition about this for decades and now it's just the, the mainstream media it's imprinted firmly in in everything they say it's just um climate change is caused by the burning of fossil fuels and that's just accepted and therefore this court can can control it's going to attempt to control people's energy western countries energy usage based on some sort of claim that this will prevent bad weather in the future, which is patently absurd as no basis in reality. And it, it, it's just the same old ongoing scam they've, they've been leading up to for decades. Okay, so this Pacific Island nation of Vanuatu, I've, I've heard of it. I don't know much or anything really about it, except that it's small and it's in the Pacific. But according to this article, and this is CNN, Vanuatu has long faced the disproportionate impacts of rising seas and intensifying storms. And in 2021, it launched its call for the U.N. International Court of Justice to provide an advisory opinion on the legal responsibility of governments to fight the climate crisis. So, um, I mean, do you, I don't know if you know anything about Vanuatu, but are they are they facing rising seas and intensifying storms? No, these uh, a report done, you know, last year showed that these island nations have actually been growing in size over the last 30 years. In 1988, the United Nations said that the Maldives would be completely underwater by the year 2018, and nothing like that has happened. The Maldives have grown. They've added a lot of new airports. The property values have gone way up. It's Like I said, it's just the same scam going on. There's, it's based on the same misinformation. The weather is not getting worse. Sea levels are not – sea level rise is not causing these islands problems. Um, it's just a way to control the energy supply of Western countries. And if they were actually serious if, about trying to do something about greenhouse gas emissions, they'd be targeting China. China emits more carbon dioxide than the rest of the developed world combined. Um, so you know, they're, they're targeting countries like the United States and, and Western Europe, whose CO2 emissions have been declining for decades. And they're leaving China alone where their emissions are skyrocketing. And then they're by far the, if you actually believe there's a problem, the problem is coming from China and Asia. It's not coming from the West, but they're targeting the West because this isn't about climate. It's about other political agendas. So again, the UN International Court of of Justice is providing uh, what's called an advisory opinion, and um, here the good news is it's non-binding, but it will carry significant weight and authority, and could inform climate negotiations as well as future climate lawsuits around the world. It could also strengthen the position of climate vulnerable countries in international negotiations again this is uh, on cnn all right so according to uh uh climate change doom and gloomer 
uh, and congressional cr- uh, climate expert, uh, AOC, Alexandria um, uh, Cortez, we have 2,491 days left for the planet. Remember, she said a few years ago, we only have, what was it? Uh, a few years ago, she said five years left before the planet burns up. Uh, your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they keep making these predictions in 1989. The United Nations said we only had until the year 2000 to stop global warming. In 2006, Al Gore said we only had 10 years, we were only until the year 2016 to save the planet from global warming. We get these things over and over again. And then as the deadline approaches, they just make up a new fake number. And there's no evidence we're having any sort of climate crisis or that the weather's gotten worse. In fact, there's some evidence that would indicate the other way. And there's no theoretical reason to believe that if the planet actually is warming, it would cause more extreme weather. In fact, there's good good reason to believe that a warming planet would have less extreme weather. So the whole the whole thing is absurd. But as the date gets close, how is what's AOC going to say about it? And she she predicted five years ago that we had ten years left for to save the planet, and now, we've, according to his per prediction, we're down to less. You know, we're halfway there. Nothing's changing, and. So, well, it'll be interesting to see how she behaves over the next five years as her prediction fail. All right. Uh, very, um, very little time to get into this next one. But I just want to mention, uh, again, this is on your website, realclimatescience.com. The European Union approved on Monday a deal that will lead to the phase out of sales of new fossil fuel cars by 2035. There's a final green light being given by energy uh, ministers, uh, I guess, well, that was due on Tuesday. That was yesterday, or maybe it's next Tuesday. I'm not sure what happened with that. But uh, um, what are your what are your thoughts on the European Union uh, basically phasing out fossil f- new sales of fossil fuel cars by 2035? Well, they're, they're just counting on, they're just hoping that nobody remembers the stupid stuff. Ten years from now, nobody remembers the stupid stuff they were saying now, because it's not going to happen. They can't do it. Um, the resources, the natural resources needed to make that many electric vehicles and to recharge them are not going to exist. They won't even be close to existing. And it's just political propaganda targeted for their audiences now, but it's never going to happen. It won't even come close to happening. All right. Tony Heller, founder of RealClimateScience.com and his uh, co-host sitting there in his lap. What's your little puppy's name? Um, this one is Toki. Toki. Yeah. Toki. What a cutie. Welcome to the show. He's nine months old. He's going to have his birthday in June. Oh, Toki. <laughs> All right. Tony, great to meet Toki. Great to see you again. We'll talk again next week. Yeah. See you. Tony Heller, realclimatescience.com. All right. Hour two coming up. We'll uh, speak with the Honorable Max Bernier. We'll get his response to the liberals and their 2023 disaster of a budget. Christian Freeland totally abandoning her budget balance plan, adding another $50 billion in debt. And, uh, of course, we'll also speak with the uh, the co-host of The 500. This is the podcast featuring... Um, well, the greatest 500 albums of all time, according to Rolling Stone magazine. But we'll uh, we'll bring Jeremiah Tittle onto the program to discuss 
This week in rock history, in a special focus on Led Zeppelin. Uh, what else do we have? Peter Labarbera coming back from uh, WND, and we'll talk about how the uh, the Nashville mass murder. Uh, is shining a spotlight on trans violence and its enablers. All right, stay tuned for hour two of the Richard Serrett Show coming your way in mere moments. Don't go away. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Seeking truth and justice in a battleground of deception and corruption. This is The Richard Serrett Show. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! We must not allow ourselves to be intimidated. Our task is not only to win the battle, but to win the war. Repeating, we're not in Kansas anymore. Take a look at this gun with through her eyes if you really want to see something. You'll see the whole parade of what man's carved out for himself after centuries of fighting. You're out of order! You're out of order! The whole trial is out of order! You have meddled with the primal forces of nature! And welcome to Hour 2 of The Richard Serrett Show. And if you missed Hour 1, you missed a lot, don't despair. However, don't beat yourself up still. Lots of great radio content. Edward R. Murrow award-winning content coming your way. Uh, by the way, if you're new to the program, you might want to check out my website, therichardserrettshow.com. Let me spell the last name. 30-plus years in the business, still have to spell my last name. That's okay. I'm not complaining. Uh, therichardserrettshow.com. S-Y, because I love you. R-E-T-T, therichardserrettshow.com. S-Y-R-E-T-T.com. And let me just give you a little whirlwind tour of uh, the website. Uh, you've got an about page. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Where you can uh, learn more about my fabulous cast of regular contributors, including Tony Heller, who just joined us a short while ago on our uh, segment, The Cult of Climate Change. <laughs> um, so all the regular uh, contributors are there uh, with a, a brief bio and uh, maybe some contact info for them as well. Uh, there's also a listen page which is really cool because every single episode, except for the repeats, except for the best ofs, 
every episode dating back to uh, March 2021. All those episodes uh, are there. You can stream them right on right on the website, therichardserratshow.com. There's also a contact page if you feel the need to uh, reach out by email. All right. Um, I don't know if you've been noticing, uh, but on uh, on Twitter, following, well, even previous to and then following that horrible mass shooting at the um, Christian school in Tennessee that took the lives of three young children, three students and three teachers by a gender confused individual. Um, Audrey Hale. Yes, I misgendered. Anyway, um, the, uh, the there are a number of uh, uh, gender confused individuals posting some rather disturbing videos, menacing videos, threatening videos. Uh, in one that I saw, a um, a male, obviously a male dressed as a as a woman, uh, was menacingly loading it looked well, some sort of a semi automatic weapon. There was another. Um, video on Twitter of a, uh, a gender confused individual, basically uttering threats, talking about using physical violence. So this is becoming a very disturbing trend. Peter La Barbera joins us once again from WND. Peter is a, a former reporter for the Washington Times and LifeSiteNews.com and a former contributing editor for Human Events. And uh, he is the founder of AmericansForTruth.org, which exposes LGBT extremism. Peter, welcome back. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, so I think I mentioned yesterday or you mentioned when we, when you were on, we were talking about um, a number of recent mass shootings involving people that describe themselves as non-binary or trans. Um, I mean, what, what, how serious do you think this is? I mean, how serious um, could this get? I mean, it's, it's bad enough right now, obviously, but there seems to be this uh, trans violence that's, that's uh, happening. Yeah, I, I think it's very serious. Um, in fact, I'm I'm holding in my hands a study which I'm writing about tomorrow, for tomorrow's uh, World Net Daily about the propensity of uh, of trans youth are at the highest risk of, of vi- so-called violent radicalization. This is a study of uh, a Qu- Quebec students, uh, by the way, Richard, and it you know they they sort of mention this, but then they try to say it's as most academics do, you know, it's, it's kind of society's fault. But no, I mean, what we're talking about here is a very radical movement um, that that's, you know, butting up against nature and nature's God, I believe. And if this were Christians, imagine if this were Christians who are posing on, on you know, websites with, uh, with guns and, and uh, you know, uh, loading their guns and, and everything and, and, and talking about vengeance. Imagine the reaction of the media. And instead, it seems like many people in the media seem to be blaming, uh, I don't know, either the people of Tennessee because they uh, just passed laws, you know, banning uh, – uh, uh, the, these awful operations, these these um, so-called the, the left calls it gender confirmation surgeries. Talk about Orwellian language, uh, but these are body uh, disfiguring operations that are in- intended for the person who's gender confused to try to match the body that they feel they are. These are awful uh, 
in and of themselves, but certainly allowing youth on people, you know, I think under age 25, nobody should, I, I don't support this at all, but I mean, the idea that, that teenagers and even, even, you know, girls and boys in, in their, you know, young twenties would be wanting to uh, destroy their body out of this uh, fantasy of becoming the opposite sex is, is outrageous. And yet it's, it's being done, as we said the other day, you know, major hospitals all across the, the Western world now are promoting uh, so-called pediatric gender, you know, uh, medicine. So, I mean, I think it is a very serious issue. And if it were the other way around, and this were a bunch of Christians uh, posing with rifles, we would see the media reaction that we should be seeing instead of just the conservative media, uh, you know, calling attention to this. Uh, tell me about um, Minnesota Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan. Um, she's a, a member of the, I guess it's kind of a coalition, the Democratic Farmer Labor Party and her T-shirt. Yeah, okay. can you tell me what the teacher says? Because I've, I've thought, seen so many of these radical examples, I can't remember. Okay, Was that so, the one with the, with the rifle on, on her shirt? Oh, this one had, a knife. It was a knife. You're right. Protect trans kids, it says. And in between the words protect and trans, there's a picture of a stiletto knife. Uh, yeah, this is Lieutenant Governor wearing a T-shirt, which is proposing violence to protect trans kids. Yeah, it's just I'm just wondering about the self-awareness of these left wing politicians and activists, Richard. It's just incredible to me. I mean, this is supposedly an elected official whom we should have some kind of respect for. And they they're so sold out to this transgender lobby and the and the LGBT uh activists in general, that they're willing to do these extreme things to show their fealty to this to this group. I mean, it's pandering in the extreme, but it but it's like they've lost all self-awareness. And I think this woman should resign. I think it's scandalous that she that she did this. And then we, we also have a, a new another story. I think it was a spokesman for um Another, I can't remember which state where the spokesman uh, w- w- said something uh, that was, you know, almost like condoning violence of, of against people who oppose the transgender agenda. I mean, you know, what's amazing is when they get what they want politically, they're all smiles and it's a wonderful thing. But when conservatives start winning because of the, the, the radical nature of this agenda, which I think it, if truth be told, if people actually knew, I think we'd see upwards of 80, 90 percent of people opposing things like you know, drag queen story hours for for, to- for toddlers or for these body mutilating operations on minors. I think the, the numbers would be extraordinary. But when conservatives you know, start actually having success against this radical agenda, then all of a sudden it's 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 you're talking about, you know, they have these extreme reactions. Uh, you also note, uh, uh, Peter, that on social media, um, many trans activists are, uh, have taken to social media to mourn the shooter's death. Right. Yeah, there was that one by I can't remember the name of the trans liberation group, but it was, you know, they 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 said, oh, you know, we, we feel terrible for the families and, you know, we mourn for them. But we also mourn for this for this uh, um, Audrey Hale, you know, and they talk about the misgendering. And, and you know, it's amazing is not just the trans activists, but a lot of progressives, so-called. And I always put quotes around that words because this isn't progress. Uh, you know, they're they're concerned about whether 
Audrey Hale is being, quote, misgendered, which is the left wing term for saying that a biological female is actually will always be a biological female, as in Audrey Lord's case. Uh, they can try to change their body and they can destroy their body or they could call themselves a he him, which was the preferred pronoun of Audrey Hale. And um, but they're still female. They call that misgendering. So uh, it's it's just amazing that we see the left focusing on the mis the misgendering of of a person who who killed three children, three nine-year-old children and three uh, staff, adult staff at this Christian school. And yet they're talking about, they're, they're all worried about misgendering, so-called. Peter LaBarbera, former reporter for the Washington Times, now with WND, also uh, wrote for LifeSite News and is the founder of AmericansForTruth.org. Peter, appreciate your time. Thank you so much for this. Thank you, Richard. God bless. God bless. All right, the Honorable Max Bernier, Mad Max, leader of the People's Party of Canada, is next with his response to the Lebs, the Libs, <laughs> 2023 federal budget, which came down yesterday. That uh, conversation starts in about three minutes. Welcome back to the Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM. Welcome back. The Liberals tabled their 2023 budget, and um, all of that talk that uh, Deputy Dimwit, Christian Freeland, she was going around talking about restraint, restraint, restraint. Uh, well, that went out the window in an awful hurry. She totally abandoned the Liberal government's pledge to return the federal budget to balance. Instead, once again, committing to years and years and years of future deficits. And uh, she made bigger spending plans to transform the economy to, uh, to this um, pipe dream called the New Green Economy. Here with his thoughts, the Honorable Max Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada. Hey, Max, welcome back. How are you? Thank you, Richard. Very well. Just uh, let me just get your, um, well, you just go. Let me tell you, you just take this where you want to go in terms of your response to what uh, was tabled yesterday, the 2023 budget. Yes, uh, Richard, uh, I must say that I'm very disappointed. It is a um, uh, irresponsible budget, like you just said, a lot of spending. You know, we are broke. We don't have money, and now the federal government will spend another about sixty billion dollars over five years to fight climate change to achieve the net zero goal by twenty fifty. And also, as you know, there's other spending for Ukraine. We did spend more than $5 billion up to now for the war in Ukraine, and the federal government will add another $2 more billion. So that's why we have a deficit of $40 billion. And this government is saying we won't uh, be able to balance the budget, so we won't see a balanced budget in the next six years. And actually, the same government is saying that we will have a recession this year. So yes, we'll have a recession. I agree with that. But that's not a budget that must be uh, <clears throat> before a recession. We must be able to balance that budget as soon as possible. And if you have the courage to do it, you can do it in one year. Uh, all these new spending, and you're right, spending to fight climate change, that is not a priority. There's no climate emergency. And actually... <clears throat> I'm looking at the conservative on the other side, and Mr. Poliev is saying that he will cap the budget. 
So what he's telling us is he's okay with the big spending. He will cap the budget like that. But for <clears throat> he will uh, spend more money in conservative uh, uh, pet projects and he will cut liberal pet projects. So Poliev also won't uh, balance the budget because these two establishment politicians uh, want to buy your vote with money that they don't have. So it must be easy to understand. So this budget is uh, very, very uh, irresponsible. And also uh, for Canadians, I believe that what Canadians want is more of their own money in their own pocket. So you need to lower taxes. You need to balance the budget. You need to be responsible. But they are not. And it's uh, it's very sad. We don't have a real opposition in Ottawa against that budget also. So, you know, more spending, more spending, and like uh, money is uh, coming from the sky and there's no, there's no end to that. But actually, we are going to a very huge economic crisis uh, that will come in the U.S., in Canada, and we won't be ready as a country. So with the, uh, the added debt, the, ser- the cost of servicing the debt, um, I believe it's it's already at or expected to rise to something like fifty billion dollars, and then it won't take long to you know pretty soon it'll be like sixty seventy billion dollars a year that goes out the window, or I guess to the bond traders on Bay Street instead of building hospitals. I mean, think about we could build what um, for eighty billion dollars. Uh, sorry, let's say fifty billion dollars. Uh, that's what that's the money to service the debt. That's the interest payment. We could build fifty brand new state of the art hospitals across this country every year. Um, I mean, this is not sustainable. Uh, absolutely, Ab- yes, absolutely, Richard. Because you know, <clears throat> uh, three years ago, uh, what we were paying for the interest on our debt was twenty five billion dollars. And $25 billion, it is almost the budget of the national defense, the Department of National Defense in our country. So now it will be double than that, $50 billion. So we can do a lot. And actually, but, you know, that money will go through the window to pay the interest on our debt. And for Poliev and Trudeau, it's okay. And what the government is telling us is the government said it's okay because the ratio, the... uh, The debt uh, to the GDP, it's only, the government is saying that, only 42%. But it's the federal government. If you add provincial governments, also every province has a huge debt. You add that to that federal debt. You know, the ratio in Canada for Canadians, because there's only one taxpayer. I'm paying taxes here in Quebec at the provincial level and at the federal level. And it's the same thing for everybody. We are paying taxes at the provincial and federal. So the debt for the provincial government and federal government, if you add that, that ratio will be about 60% of the, uh, the, the, the debt on the GDP ratio in Canada. So that's huge. But uh, for Trudeau and, and, and the NDP and Poliev, it's not important. But, you know, we are in a deep, uh, deep, deep uh, challenge that we have right now as a country. Max Bernier, the Honorable Max Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada, will take a quick time out, come back and continue to discuss the 2023 budget right after these. The Bull Session continues on The Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. 
The Honorable Max Bernier stays with us, leader of the People's Party of Canada, as we um, go through the 2023 Liberal federal budget again in uh, in the red to uh, the tune of more than $40 billion. And now the debt sits at around $1.2 trillion servicing that debt, the interest payments. That's money that goes out the window, can't be spent on programs, hospitals, defense, healthcare, anything. It's um, it's in the hands of the uh, the folks on Bay Street, the bond traders, I guess. Um, Max, I want to ask you, like the 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 money that is being saved. Christian Freeland is bragging about uh, asking all departments to uh, to cut costs by three percent for uh, cutting back on uh, the amount that they're spending for outside consultants. That's saving 15 billion dollars. So 15 billion dollars, if you combine that savings with um you know, let's ask the uh, the, uh, the the dental, the national dental care program, which is what another thirteen billion dollars. I think they're spending. Uh, plus, you've got all of these tax credits uh, to these uh, green uh, energy uh, companies, whoever they might be. In other words, corporate welfare. You're right there. You're almost to a balanced budget. Yeah, absolutely. That's why Richard and saying it's doable to do that in the in one year in the first budget. And you can add also, you know, uh, in Ukraine, what they're spending over there, it's uh, it's a scandal because we are uh, spending more money per capita here in Canada for Ukraine than the U.S. We are spending for Ukraine one hundred dollars per capita in Canada, and in U.S. they are spending to the war in Ukraine eighty dollars per capita. So, you know, we need to cut that. We need to cut, uh, as you may know, CBC, we can save another billion dollars, but also corporate welfare. There's $10 billion, all the uh, subsidies that the federal government is giving to big or small or medium corporation. We can cut that and save $10 billion. Foreign aid, Richard, also $5 billion if we cut foreign aid. So, yes, that's why it's uh, it's doable to balance the budget. And after that, you will be able to lower the tax to every single Canadian. That's uh, what we need to do because we, w- we will have a recession. So now, no, it's not that. They, are, they had more spending. They will add $50 billion to our debt. Uh, it is irresponsible. And, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a little bit uh, not so surprised by the opposition because, you know, they don't want to have the discussion with Canadians that we can balance the budget because they they want to please everybody and giving money to everybody. But there's a lot of money while, who is going to climate change. And as you know, our position for that is to, you know, we won't, we will withdraw from the Paris Accord. So we won't need to put all that money. It's about $60 billion over the next five years to fight climate change. So, but Poliev won't speak about that because he will uh, be part of the Paris Accord and uh, he will put more regulations on businesses to be sure to achieve the net zero goal by 2050. Uh, We will do the opposite. So if you have ideas and and you want to work for Canadians, it's easy to balance the budget. We just have to add and doing that. Actually, Jean Chrétien did it. And it was, you know, he did it. He was able to balance the budget in 1993. So we must be able to do that right now. 
Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Yeah, I um, I pine for the days of the Gretchen and the Paul Martin liberals. Uh, I mean, you might have even been right at home in that party back then. Or am I going too far? <laughs> <laughs> no, Jean Chrétien was fiscally responsible, but also he was able to balance the budget because of one man, Preston Manning. Preston Manning in the House was, Preston Manning was a principled politician. And in every day in the house, he was asking to balance the budget. Because of that, he was able to shift the public opinion. And after a year of doing that, more people understood that, oh, yes, we cannot go on with deficit and deficit like that. So, and Martin and Chrétien look at the polls and the focus group, and they said, oh, now we have a majority in favor of balancing the budget. We'll do it. That is the impact of a principled politician. A leader, you must lead. But what we have in Ottawa right now, we don't have any leaders in the opposition or in government. They are following the public opinion because it's not popular today to speak about cutting and balancing the budget. They won't speak about it. They won't do it. But that's why, Richard, you know it. We are doing politics differently. We won't look the, at the survey or the polling uh, and to know what to what to uh, what policy will we want to argue we have a vision for this country and we believe that we have the best vision and the more we speak about it like president manning did the more support we will have the honorable max bernier leader of the people's party of canada max thank you for your time once again uh, be well and we'll talk again soon thank you richard have a nice day you too all right, let's open up the phone lines once again, 289-275-9600. Let's see if you're in a chattier mood this time around, 289-275-9600. We can talk about whatever you'd like within reason. Uh, we can talk about the uh, the crime, the crime wave, the violent crime that is sweeping the major cities of this country. What are your solutions? 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. Back to more of the Richard Serrett Show and your calls right after these. Just having a little chin wag on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. Welcome back. 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. And uh, the, we go to, is it Arrow or Carol? Let me see here. Uh, hit the button, Richard. There we go. Welcome to the Richard Serrett Show. Who's this? It's uh, Arrow. Hey, Carol. Good, good, Richard. How are you? I'm well. I got to tell you again, take people cry. I found you, and I'm here for that. So, um, on the crime, I mean, God, we got so many 
things that we could hit. But I thought crime would be a good thing on how to reduce it. It almost all revolves around drugs. It's not guns. People can say what they want. It, we, let's go back to what we conservatives all say. It's people that use that kill, not the guns themselves. Otherwise, we'd be banning knives all over the place. So the problem with drugs is there's a bigger group, something nefarious going on that wants, hear, hear me out here, that wants drugs and people to be uh, basically dumbed down so they can't see the real criminal enterprises, which is the political left and all the crime they're doing. Dumb down people, won't pay attention to it, and then it, it just it gets exacerbated. And the problem I saw, a big problem was bringing in um, marijuana and legalizing it. Okay, it's fine as... I think there's a lot of therapeutic um, qualities with it, as the CBD oils and that. But really, drugs? And then it's a gateway to heavier drugs. Richard, you know as well as anybody else that's been in Toronto, lived in Toronto, went across Toronto, big cities suffer the most from these. And then it you know, makes it out to the... Uh, to the um, 905 area or the suburbs. And then everybody's affected by it. So it doesn't seem like there's any kind of control. And I mean, let's start from the U.S. because it goes through the U.S. and right to Canada. It doesn't jump over. Am I right? Yeah, I, I would quite agree. Quiet and <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with, with much of what you said. Now, because uh, you, you touched on something important there, and I don't necessarily believe that... Uh, that um, the introduction or the legalization of drugs uh, is being engineered on uh, in in order to um, in order to dumb us down. I mean, there there may be there there may be some nefarious, sinister characters who are working behind the scenes to do that. I don't think the average, uh, let's say, member of parliament is thinking along those lines. But that is the effect. You're absolutely right. Uh, there may again, there may be some. Um, uh, that are using drugs, for, using the legalization, I mean, of drugs to that end, uh, to make people more controllable, to, uh, to dumb them, to dumb down the, down the population. Um, but let me say this in general, I think what the, the left, not liberals, if there is any left, true liberals, classical liberals, um, but the, the, the radical left, the progressive left, they do seek to sow chaos, uh, because they want to tear down because they, they're Marxists and, um, you know, they have this dystopian vision of our future where, you know, history is over. They're going to create this new utopian socialist state. So in order to get there, they've got to tear down everything that's been built previously. And so in order to do that, they use chaos. So I think the radical left is is certainly reveling at the mayhem that's happening right now. And so we can't look to them for any solutions. That's for sure. Um, and, and you're right. Drugs are a, a huge part of, of this crime wave. I mean, Ross McLean, the crime specialist, was on the, the program on uh, Monday, I guess it was, or was it Tuesday? Anyway, uh, 
talking about how TTC uh, streetcars and buses and, and, and subways basically are like these rolling crime um, criminal gangs on wheels now. So they're shooting up on the subway platform. We've seen videos of, of drug users, drug addicts shooting up while the police sit around and watch, um, basically hopeless or helpless to do anything. So they shoot up on the subway station. Then they get on the subway and then maybe they get into a, an altercation. Maybe they stab somebody um, or or they go across town. They do a drug deal. They get on another sub uh, streetcar and then they get into an altercation and stab somebody. So it's like the criminals are running loose and they're just they're using the TTC as their getaway car or the, um, you know, the homeless, the mentally ill, the drug dealers, they're just using the, the, uh, the TTC as their, I don't know, their, their shelter, their headquarters, whatever you want to call it. Drugs, mental illness, um, a, uh, a weak judicial system, catch and release. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've heard all the cliches, but it's all happening at once and it's creating a perfect storm. And the left is uh, either ill-equipped uh, to do anything about it or unwilling to do anything about it. And so we've got to reverse course immediately, immediately. Start building prisons. Start institutionalizing people that need help. Get them off the street, out of, their, out of harm's way before they hurt themselves or hurt somebody else. And legalizing marijuana may seem like an innocuous thing, but I, I agree it is a gateway. And we're only beginning now to learn about the effects on the, uh, the developing human brain with uh, marijuana. The human brain is really developing until about the age of 22, 23, 24 years old. We've got young kids smoking pot. Could cause a psychotic episode, permanent damage. So the mayhem just continues. All right. When we come back this week in rock history with Jeremiah Tittle from the 500, stay tuned for that coming up next. APA lawyers is one of Peel region's most popularly rated law firms on Google. And we assist clients in a wide variety of legal services. Whether you're looking for a real estate lawyer to close your housing transaction or need a compassionate family lawyer who can help you get through a separation or divorce, KPA will have the right lawyer for you. KPA is not like some other law firms that just refer your case to another company. All of our legal services are performed in-house by our team of experienced and knowledgeable lawyers. Learn more and book an appointment online by visiting us at kpalawyers.ca. You can also call 905-965-6263 between 9am and 5pm Monday to Friday. Once again, our website is kpalawyers.ca and our phone number is 905-965-6263. These days at your local legion, we're marching to the beat of a different drum on a mission to support veterans, to have fun, and to welcome everyone to our ranks. You don't have to be a veteran to join the Legion. And as a member, you'll join thousands of others serving our veterans, our communities, and our country. 
Oh, yeah. And our member perks program will save you thousands on shopping, dining, products, and services across the country. Join us at legion.ca. Let's rejoin the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. There you go. Jermaker, 1973 Led Zeppelin from their 1973 album, House of the Holies. And uh, welcome to This Week in Rock History. And today in rock history, on this very day back in 1975, Led Zeppelin had all six of their albums in the Billboard 200. Unbelievable. All six of their albums were in the Billboard 200. And here to tell us more is the uh, founder of Next Chapter Podcasts and also the uh, co-host of The 500, a fabulous podcast that counts down the 500 greatest albums of all time, Jeremiah Tittle. Jeremiah, welcome back. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Pleasure to be here with you. That's uh, that's unprecedented, I'm guessing. Has that ever been repeated uh, since six albums in the top 200 on Billboard? I see no record of it in my rudimentary research Googling. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's count them down. Which uh, which of the six Zep albums were on the Billboard 200 at the same time? Well, you mentioned physical graffiti or actually you mentioned House of the Holy, which was at number 92. But physical graffiti was the album that just had just come out, which was at number one at this time um, in 1975. As you said, six albums, previous five include it's easy to say Led Zeppelin one, two, three and four, even though four uh, didn't actually have uh, an official uh, name there so yeah the the first four house of the holy and physical graffiti now how how do we explain that um i guess that longevity or sustainability on the top on the billboard 200 for for example like in 1975 you still have um their first album led zeppelin which came out like six years prior still charting on the billboard 200 what, what was behind that phenomenal success well, the one key detail is that they rarely released singles, um, which boosted their album sales. They, according to Rolling Stones producer, manager, Andrew Luke Oldham, uh, he said they changed the music industry uh, because they essentially were the Beatles of the 70s, changing the game in the development of AOR, album oriented rock and stadium rock, huge stadium tours uh, throughout the 70s. Um, and, and you can't look past very far Stairway to Heaven on Led Zeppelin four, uh, just a phenomenal, you know, 37 million uh, units sold on that song alone. Right, right. Uh, I seem to recall um, Dark Side of the Moon, I think, may hold the record for the longest time on the Billboard uh, charts that was released in 1973. And that was on the charts for what? I don't know, 20 years or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it's so impressive. And I think that actually speaks to 
the idea, the concept of a concept album. Um, really, you know, Led Zeppelin were the antithesis of today's music release structure, where artists release singles one at a time on Spotify. And uh, now you still have your Taylor Swift's and Drake's of the world releasing full albums. And su- subsequently, all the songs or 10 of the tracks are up on the most streamed list. But this focus on albums and concept albums have gone by the wayside in favor of one song being released into the world at a time. Zeppelin dove deep into the, the folk uh, Tolkien world of hobbits and rings to tell a narrative story with Jimmy Page's guitar that really pushed heavy metal into the zeitgeist. Right. And uh, if memory serves Zeppelin, they didn't release compilation albums like greatest hits either, did they? While they were still active? They didn't. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, just the other day uh, on the 500, we were uh, talking to Mike Love of the Beach Boys, and he was talking about the pressure from the record label to release the uh, best of the Beach Boys three. And this is they hadn't even been around that long. Um, there's always that label pressure. And there was something very unique about Led Zeppelin having carte blanche in their record deal to be creative and do whatever they wanted. And this is also the advent of FM radio, which wasn't a thing, you know, a decade to prior to that. So um, it's still today. It blows my mind. A song like Stairway to Heaven, you're talking about, you know, almost, you know, 10 minutes of of a song. Whereas these days, what is a hit? It's two, three minutes. Right. That was always the big, um, the big secret in uh, an FM radio, right? The DJ, if he wanted a smoke break or she wanted a smoke break exactly. go on, you know, side two of uh, Led Zeppelin three and, 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 and go out. Um, tell folks about this wonderful podcast, the 500 with Josh Adam Myers that you, uh, that you co-host. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Today, a new episode just came out talking about the Beach Boys today, exclamation point, Um, a pivotal, pivotal album uh, released um, about a year before Pet Sounds, probably underappreciated. And uh, we were fortunate enough to have founding member Mike Love on the show, as well as uh, John Stamos, uh, of all people. Not a lot of people know that he plays drums for the Beach Boys um, when he's not acting in various projects. So that was a real treat for us and uh, would uh, have whoever is listening who likes the Beach Boys or likes Full House to check it out. So, again, the concept of the 500 is you count down Rolling Stone magazine's greatest 500 albums of all time. Uh, and you bring on uh, musicians, actors, comedians, and they talk about that particular album and what it means to them and so forth, right? That's exactly correct. We try and educate the audience, hosted by Josh Ademeyer as a comedian. So there's a lot of comedy and, and jokes. And and uh, so it's not a dry listen, if you will. Um, and really just enjoy doing it because I learned so much about music. And, and I think the listener, your listeners would too. Absolutely. How do we listen to the 500? Go to any podcast app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it, and search the 500 with Josh Adam Myers. Jeremiah Tittle, co-host of the 500 and also founder and CEO of Next Chapter Podcast. Jeremiah, great work. We'll talk again next week. Thank you. My pleasure, Richard. All right. That was Jacob. uh, Are you able to jump on here for a minute? Because we haven't done this in a while. And I got about, I got about a minute. Oh, do you have to go hook up something?
Sorry, buddy. I was just going to ask you, you know, you could do it with your fingers. I was going to ask you to give this show a rating. We haven't done this in a while. On a scale of one to ten, what would you give today's show? His fingers are going, he's giving us, is that an eight? An eight out of ten. Is Declan there? Declan, are you around? No, he's not there. All right, an eight out of ten from Jacob. I'll, I'll live with that. I'll live with that. All right. Ah, uh, that's it for me. My thanks to Jody, Declan, and Jacob, and I'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. God willing, I'll speak with you at 4 p.m. Don't be late. Until then, I remain unbowed, unbent, unbroken. That's it. That's all. For more Richard Serrett Show, podcasts, blogs, and other stuff, go to saga960am.ca. Stop talking past each other and start talking with each other. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon at 4 on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960am. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy.